0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Father, we just praise you and we thank you, Lord. Wash my mouth out with soap, Father, because I've had a not a good week on Colossians 3, verse 3, with all the things that have happened. And I just pray that you will forgive me. I confess my sins. I pray that everybody that's uh, taking part in this prayer vigil in any manner, whether Memorex or whether live, I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that each and every one of us will confess of our sins before you continuously throughout the day, throughout the week, um, for many of us. And some of us, it may be a little bit less than others, depending on the amount of trials, tribulations, and exceedingly powerful difficulties that many of us are enduring at this time. I raise my hand. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus for a tenfold anointing and blessing upon every single listener of this program that so much as mentions me in prayer, just even even the tiniest little mention, Father. I just pray that you will anoint them, that you will supernaturally and divinely protect them, that you will supernaturally and divinely protect their jobs. Uh, Father, I'm just asking you for that outpouring and anointing upon every single person who remembers me because we all have pretty big, I, I would submit, and I believe with my, all my heart, that we all have pretty big prayer lists right now. And I, I would also guess, Father, that we probably all, um, they're increasing, that our prayer list and prayer requests are increasing I know mine are um, and uh, I wonder to myself how in the world am I gonna have the time to pray specifically for all of these but father I know somehow you'll make the time and I just praise you for that because these people do need prayer they need a lot of prayer and um, so many of our fellow brothers and sisters don't really understand quite how to pray um, we try so hard, Father, on this program and on the other programs as well to help, help our fellow brothers and sisters understand how to pray, how to pray. Um, it's hard to convey, to communicate, to teach uh, things that, you know, prayer methods and tactics that have taken 12 years for me. Uh, certainly, twelve years for me to, and it's, and I don't even expect that they're even, you know, I, I'm definitely not going to say anything like that. The prayer, the way that I pray, is perfected because that would be wrong. That would be flat out wrong. It's just wherever I happen to be right now that you've led me to, and I know that I know because the testimonies and from people that are personal friends of mine, folks that you know just. Just so many testimonies over so much time, twelve years. I know that not you know all of us are are different, and we're all going through different problems. We're all we all come from a very different background. And for people that have gone through um, a lot of the stuff that Elena was talking about, like last night about tar- you know being a targeted individual, um, for those who have. Most unfortunately, have had have gone through phases of their lives where they have suffered um, abuse, abusive relationships, um, even worse. Um, and then, of course, for those in the worst case scenario, that have actually been satanically ritually abused, which is so bad and so horrible, it can't even can't even repeat it. Can't even repeat it. Father, we just pray for every single one, everyone that has taken the time this Friday night because a lot of our brothers and sisters, and th- I'm not faulting them for this, Father, not at all, are maybe putting their feet up, you know, and they're, that's fine. That's fine. God bless them. Father, please bless them. Bless every one of us that need the time because we do. Uh, a lot of us are just going through, particularly those of us who are still in the uh, the workplace, Um, you know, we got to put our feet up. We got to relax. We got to disconnect from all this stuff. And um, yes, Lord, the news that I received today um, during uh, one of the many mandatory meetings that uh, just so hard, so very hard. Companies are continuing to lay off. Things are getting worse. And much of it we're not privy to. Much of the You know, we're not privy to the fact that they're actually installing parking lots in so many places across the United States and other, I'm sure across other countries as well, parking lots for people who used to have a home, but now they only have their cars to sleep in and don't have any other place to put their car. Sort of like those really big parking lots, those long, super long-term parking lots at the airports. So they have a place where they can just pull their car up and uh, recline the seat and sleep. Father, we have people out there; they're starving. People out there who have families and they can't eat. But we're not being we, we're not we don't know about it unless we're unless we have discovered a way. You know, I I just had testimony given to me by a friend that uh, you know that she was um, what would you call it paging through TikTok? We'll call it that, flipping around. Uh, and running across people who are giving testimony, families who are giving testimony, telling others that they have no food to eat. No food. They're out. Um, these are very alarming things to hear. Um, we know that, I don't want to say that we know, Father, because we don't know. We really don't know. What we we Let's say this, we feel, based upon the scriptures that we have read, that there's a relatively high level of likelihood. Perhaps even more than just the likelihood, but maybe, I don't want to say guarantee, because that would be too strong of a word. But certainly when we read Revelation, when we read the Olivet Discourse, Mark 13, Matthew 24, Luke 21, And we overlay those scriptures on top of one another such that they would tell us a story in great detail. Helping us to understand that there will be earthquakes in diverse places. That there will be pestilence, which we've already seen, in the form of a bioweapon. We know that the entities of darkness, the shape-shifting reptilians, the overlords that are uh, trying to slaughter us. We know that they're planning more, and they're planning much, much worse. We know that none of them have been put in jail. None of them have even had so much as a anything happen to them. Nothing. Nothing at all. They're still out there, and they're on the top of their game. They're still making proclamations that more and more people should be slaughtered over in the Middle East, that there should be no respite, that there should be no no time that the bomb should keep on falling, that entire neighborhood should be flattened, that every man, woman, and child, every little baby, the groups of little babies ought to be pulled out of the rubble. Nineteen to 20,000 dead people in Gaza. And they're just beginning. Father, we praise you because we, we are aware, um, and I'm certain that we're not aware of everything we ought to be, and I know what a penalty it is, What a fantastic, emotional, emotionally damaging penalty it is to stay on top of these things. To be aware that there was a resolution passed in the House of Representatives in the United States of Babylon the Great. The resolution basically saying that Iran is at 87 point something percent enrichment for uranium. And that the inspectors have identified that and, and confirmed it. And the resolution also called forth the fact that they're only three, they're less than three percentage points away from uh, 90% uranium enrichment, which is sufficient for creation of nuclear weapons. But what we don't understand, Father, is we don't understand some of the claims that others have made that have a far greater level of expertise than we do In such things. that claim that Iran has nuclear missiles now, that they're not even dependent upon the 90% enrichment from the centrifuges of Fordow because they've been given them and they're ready to launch. Father, I remember years ago we reported because it was brought forth that Iran was launching rockets, satellites that could guide missiles. And they must be, uh, my guess, my estimation for lack of a better term is that they're fully operational and ready to go. We've seen the display from Iran of uh, public, public display worldwide, not just, hey, um, you know, not, not just for the, the people who live there, but for the people of the world to see hypersonic missiles. Where did they get those? Long, thin, blue hypersonic missiles on display in Iran for firing, literally on launchers. At least that looked like launchers to me. Um, certainly no expert at all on such things, but 9,000 miles an hour plus, these things fly. Nothing can stop them. And each one of them can sink an aircraft carrier. There is no defensive weaponry that the United States Navy has. Nothing. Nothing that can even come close. Nothing. Father, we're aware of the directed energy weapons and that appear at least as best we can tell, and we certainly can't tell. We can only deduce. And then our estimations may be full of errors, because we don't know, for sure. But we've certainly seen what amounts to or appears to us to be the use of directed energy weapons. We see uh, if, what would you call it? A flagrant Um, I don't know what to call it. What is it when you take a Mountain Dew brand and make it directed energy weapon and put the word Malibu, you know, how is it possible that they would actually have Mountain Dew cans available for the public to drink three, four years before the event? the use of the directed energy weapons, which obviously, as best as I could tell, they seem to be coming from satellites. And then the estimation would be that they would be Chinese satellites. Are we that far along now that the Chinese can fire exceedingly powerful directed energy weapons, lasers and stuff like that that can burn down entire houses? So much weirdness. Blue roofs, blue cars, spared entire, uh, I don't know, batches, I don't know what you want to call them, forested areas between homes that were untouched, not a single burnt leaf. We praise you, Father God, for the man who came forward from the facility, the top secret facility in Antarctica, claiming that he was going to bring forward to Congress what he had discovered while there, And then knowing in our hearts that if he even attempted to do something like that, he would be killed for sure. But, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with these things, Father. All we know is that we can see what appears to be an unstoppable onslaught of humanity. We see in your scripture the continuity of that scripture and how, it harmoniously weaves a tapestry of events that we're seeing happening now, right before our eyes, and we're living them. We know that, they, that the lawmakers are preparing to uh, establish the necessary laws and updates to existing documentation for the military to conscript women at the age of 18 to have them sign up for uh, the draft. We know, Father, that the um, November the 10th, I believe it is, ball that was supposed to occur at Central Command for the Marines, um, some type of a celebration, was canceled due to... uh, Duty, some type of duty or, re- or state of readiness that they had to be prepared for. So it, it led to the cancellation of a major event 20 mi- you know, with no traffic 20 minutes from my house, Central Command, which is the headquarters of all, every single military thing that occurs over in the Middle East, every single military order, every ship, every tank, every uh, group of personnel, Planes, whatever, anything that is dispatched, any activity, all of it is coordinated from central command. Fifteen minutes from my house? Well, probably more like twenty or thirty minutes if there's no traffic. No traffic? Yeah, I'll 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 uh, I will amend that to thirty minutes, no traffic. Thinking about it. I suppose, Father, that puts me inside the uh, kill zone which is fine with me. I'm ready to go. Thank you, Jesus. And and Father, I pray that any one of those who have become, those listeners who have become, for lack of a better term, attached to me or somewhat dependent upon my fellowship and prayer, I pray, Father, in G- you know, and maybe even the programs and the stuff that we talk about. Maybe because that we try, at least I do. I try as much as I know how to tell the good news. You know the, the stuff that nobody else talks about. There's probably hundreds and hundreds of thousands of news programs, Christian news programs, that are out there in any one of. Hundreds, at least hundreds. Uh, You know, we've got so many. Media venues, social media, video, competing video, rumble. Uh, There's the band video that's done by the InfoWars operation. That's thousands. I mean, Father, there is so much. There's the Facebook then there's the Facebook live events, then there's the YouTube, then there's the YouTube live events. There is so much so many sources of media, so many sources of talking heads that can that all have their own specialty, or they try to cover uh, a wide range of topics, but from a certain perspective, the assumption that the information would not be available to the mainstream media or the general public, which is true. But so few, I guess, praise you Jesus, thank you Father, so few actually spend any time sharing the scripture, talking about the glory associated with our existence right now on this earth and the opportunity that's been laid before us to strive for obedience and to be in a continuous state of confession of sin. Continuous state of confession, continuous state of repentance and changing and praying fervently. Father, I praise you for the people that have sent me emails and admitted the different... There's an awful lot of listeners out there, Father. There's an awful lot. Oh my goodness, Gracious Six Alive, there's an awful lot that are struggling still with porn that are struggling still with, um, you know, habitual continuous smoking and habitual and continuous drinking. Um, they're struggling. And I. those are all things that I am intimately familiar with myself because I come from that background and, and have been addicted to tobacco. I have been um, in a place in my walk where... Um, You know, that was just a normal part of the day. (laughs) Drinking a 12-pack of beer and slamming down two packs of cigarettes was the way I ended pretty much every day for, oh, my goodness. I don't even know how long. I really don't. And then, Father, realizing, asking you and casting lots with a Roger's thesaurus, asking you that, you know, Having you tell me through that Rose, Roger's thesaurus, which is pictured on the Casting Lots link on tribulational.com, to have you show me, to talk to me vividly and tell me I got to quit smoking. I'm not going to make a rapture if I if I keep on smoking. I, I mean, at the time, I really didn't know it. I mean, even when I started the radio show in July or August of 2011, I, I was still smoking. I just didn't know. I mean, I really figured it would be perfectly fine. I could not identify. I wasn't as I wasn't as blessed as I am today. Let's put it that way. And my desire to make the rapture. And at that time, I only knew of one. But I knew it was soon. And I know we can't define soon. What does that mean? What does that mean? I can define hope. But the word imminent has no meaning. The word soon has no meaning. How many clients and customers, Father, in my job have I told as part of my job that the documents that they're using are not useful because they don't specify periodicities they don't say that it has to be done every 30 days they don't say that it has to be done every 180 days it has to be specific and we live in the season of soon we live in the season of the fig tree generation. We live in the season of imminence. But yet at the same time, Father, even though the scripture says, what a paradox it is to walk during these times. What a paradox. An impossible paradox. What? Let's define praise you, Jesus. Um, and that's weird. Okay, uh, hold on a second. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hold on a second. Helping out a listener. Um, but anyway, uh this particular individual said they cannot get the radio show to play. I don't understand it, you know. I mean, there's hundreds if not tens of thousands of different versions of mobile devices that are out there, all of them with different levels of operating systems, all of them with different versions of browsers. And uh, it's, it's just not it's, – it's unbelievable. It's very, very difficult. If somebody says to me they cannot listen to the program, I, I can't help them. All I can say is, you know, try another web browser, you know, try to connect again. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. And thank you, Sister Vera, for giving me a sound check. And thank you, Brother Justin, for the same. Thank you, Lord. So, Father, again, we just, again, thank you time and time again. I pray that we thank you. I I pray that I use my gratitude stone. I know I'm sure that it's probably got some new age significance to it, but for me, you know what it means in my heart, Father. It's a little reminder for me to pause during my day and just give you thanks. I thank you for my little one day at a time, my little silver one day at a time. I don't know what to call it peace that i can put in front of my laptop to remind me that i just need to get through this day. i want to praise you father for a praise report. i want to give a praise report over and thank you lord and also share with with all any of those who pray for me because it is absolutely true i have been told by my boss that if i fail i will be fired. but you know what lord i trust you because you have always provided for me. you've always found me another job. yeah Yeah, I was going to lose my, definitely lose my um, home, no doubt. But just literally, I mean, my goodness, it must have been about three weeks before I I would have received my first. um, I don't remember. I don't know what they call it when they kick you out of your house. Uh, Foreclosure notice. There you go. About three to four weeks before I would have received my first foreclosure notice. I got a job. Out of nowhere. It was amazing. I praise you so much for it, Father. But boy, I'll tell you that that was a rough battle. That was a hard road to travel. I pray in Jesus' name you never make me travel that road again. I beg you, Father, please. If there's anything that any of us need to go through, if you need to waken, you know, those who are still smoking, cigarettes. Now I, I've had people tell me that smoking a cigar not a problem. Smoking a an occasional handful of cigarettes not a problem. I don't know. I really don't know. I I what I do know is it we're not supposed to be harming our temple body. Um, but what's that? What's the definition of that? Is somebody woofing down a pail of food every day? I don't know. What's where does that break? Where's the break off point? Someone who knows they should be eating more healthily, but they're not. Someone who knows that they should be working out a little bit more, at least, or some, but they're not, like me. Um, Right now, my workload is so heavy, Father, and you you know it, and it's going to get at least four to five times the magnitude of its current. The current workload that I'm at, you know, is going to either double or quadruple over the next several weeks. Father, we just praise you for every opportunity that you give us to draw in closer to you. We praise you for the days, the evenings that you wake us up a little bit extra early that we can spend more time in prayer. Father, I also praise you for, um, I don't know, I don't even know what to say about the thing that happened yesterday that messed my day up real bad, just threw threw me for a loop. But anyway, I just praise you for the outcome, Father, because I believe it was an outcome that needed to happen. Things were not right, and they are now corrected, or in the process of being corrected. And I praise you for that, Father. Um, don't like how it turned out, but I praise you for the end result. And I thank you for that, and I I pray in the name of Jesus that you will help her out in whatever way that that lady needs to be helped. But I also thank you for getting the uh, the the stuff out of my house. Um. And I am I pray for forgiveness for anything I said, any way that I handled it that was not pleasing to you. I don't know. I don't know what I may or may not have done that was out of alignment. But I just pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you will just pour out a spirit of forgiveness. Pour out a spirit of provision and direction. Father, I pray for every single person out there that is addicted to smoking cigarettes. I pray, Father, that somehow you can bless them the way that you blessed me. I pray, Father, please, in the name of Jesus, that you will somehow help them to understand how unbelievably agonizing it will be for them to realize that they're still here on the earth. What if, and I'm not claiming anything, as you know, Father, you know that I'm not going to. I would never do that because I know that you would relent. I, or I don't. I'm not, let me rephrase that. I know that you could relent. And I know that you could at any time, you can relent. You can change your mind. It's all over the Bible. You say sometimes that you will relent, and then other times you say that you will not relent. Not change your mind, change your mind. That you answer the prayers of the saints but under certain conditions and there are lines that can be crossed and without trustworthy prophecies we don't know we see from those of whom uh, a lot of a lot of the people that were prophesying back in 2011 2012 2013 2014 they're gone they're gone they're not prophesying anymore Serfatu treore gone said that the Lord told her to stop. Bond's blog shut down years ago, I think in 2013. There's so many of them. Now, some of them are continuing. Now, Many, uh, a, a, a very large, noteworthy number, Father, has uh, continued. But they's, there's also been anomalies that are odd and strange, where they said things, and then those days came, and none of it happened. Is it because you relented? And we do know, and we praise you for this, Father, that there's a big difference from between being in the house of a prophet and being and prophesying like virtually every day. Very, very different than when you give a prophetic word to an individual over a particular subject, but it's it's very rare, or it only happens once or twice. We've noticed that the, that those the people that you give the prophetic words to, few and far between, that what they prophesy tends to be exceedingly accurate. But we also see a shift dynamic, whereby those who are in the house of a prophet In other words, they're prophesying almost every single day or every other day. Oftentimes we'll see inconsistencies or we'll see a sudden change. They'll prophesy that Obama's going to stay in the White House and that martial law is going to be instituted and there will be no more presidents. And then when that doesn't come true, they'll prophesy something new and I praise you, Father God, for allowing me to be able to talk to some that are in the house of a prophet and to understand that that when a person is in the house of a prophet and they're prophesying continuously, that they're progressive. Because when you relent, when you change your mind, when you decide to shake things up or inject a judgment into the timeline, stuff changes. And it catches people off guard. Father, I pray that you will forgive every single Christian out there that is judgmental in their heart. They call people names. They generalize. Sadly, in many cases, they don't really know their Bible all that well, or at least they think they do, or they have sections of it that they're good at, but... Father, I just don't want to ever go there. I just want to accept that I don't know. I want to accept that I don't know and I never will know. Unlike I used to be. I pray that I will never shift. That I will always stay. That I will, that you will write onto my heart, 1 Corinthians 8, 2, If anyone thinks they know anything, they know nothing yet as they ought to know. It's such a blessing, Lord, to be able to read your parables and have them jump off the page like a newspaper. It's absolutely, it's just so truly, deeply, deeply amazing to be able to read. It's, it's, it's amazing. just amazing. And we praise you for that. We thank you for that. Father, we thank you for, even though there may be a note, noted decrease in the number of many miracles in our lives as of late, which, which aligns beautifully with uh, Bonnie's prophecy from 2013, which I read the other day. That during these times, events will happen in quick succession, and we will hardly be able to catch our breath between the events. I don't even think we've arrived at that point yet. I know we're heading there gangbusters. I know that uh, where we are today, uh, the amount of apocalyptic news and preparation for war and much, much else, the border situation, uh, the draft, the threats, uh, the declaration of war of Yemen against Israel, the Houthi rebels, Claims by individuals that military refueling aircraft are now in the skies above uh, Yemen and uh, prepared to refuel Israeli jets so they're able to do bombing raids in Yemen. We praise you, Father, for letting us know that there are already bombing raids taking place. Not a lot, but some. Uh, in Lebanon. We praise you, Father God, for helping us to be able to see the magnitude of the threats that are coming out of Iran. Those are big big threats, wiping Israel off the face of the earth. Having the maps changed in China to not even show the existence of Israel anymore. There's so much happening right now. Seeing live video of, I I don't know what the numbers are, but it sure looks to me like there are hundreds of thousands of people running across the border, the southern border of the United States. And then to have testimony from independent news, what do you want to call them? They're not anchors, alternative media um, reporters that have discovered military bases just south of uh, the border. Or they may be, I don't, my memory does not serve me well in this regard. I do not know the location, and I'm not certain that the reporter that I did hear reporting it said where the location was either, probably for really good reason, because the woman was threatened, and um, it was a real threat, not just... That these facilities are being used for tra- as training facilities to take these military age people, Chinese, Muslim, multiple different countries, train them how to murder Americans, how to murder everybody, really, and then send them in seas, literally moving seas. It looks like the looks uh, like the Mississippi after a major, huge, unbelievable storm, where the water is flowing so fast and just uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people running as fast as they possibly can for the border all at one time. It's just absolutely astonishing to see it. It's something that no other country would would even think of allowing. They would never even think of it. They would never allow it. There's water cannons and other uh, non-lethal fencing and water cannons and all sorts of other um, equipment, accoutrements being used in Poland to prevent uh, Western Ukrainians from moving uh, unhindered into Poland. And that's just one of what? you know thousands of entry points that have to be guarded and stopped. The videos showing what appears to be over a million people gathering to protest stuff that's going on in Israel. The videos is showing IDF soldiers ripping um, uh, Orthodox Jewish people out of their homes. Or no, throwing. I know what they were doing. They were throwing them down because they were su- they were supporting a ceasefire in Gaza outwardly, and the IDF beat them and threw them back into their homes. Saw that film just recently. But at the same time, we also know that there are relentless numbers of missiles continuing to be fired from Gaza into Israel. It hasn't slowed down. We know that the Houthis in Yemen are continuing to fire. We know that an unbelievable number of ships, United States ships, are on the way over. We know that Putin, Father, we praise you for this, that he has come forward and said, this is not a threat, but we have our jets patrolling the Red Sea with Kinzhal missiles, Kinzhal missiles on them. Again, having a hypersonic speed of over 9,000 miles an hour, being utterly unstoppable, having a thousand mile, more than a thousand mile um, distance they can travel, which puts all of the American ships within striking distance of those missiles with absolutely no defense whatsoever, none, none. Those missiles would be hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles past the anti-missile weapon at the point of detonation. By the time the anti-missile weapon even arrived, it'd be already sinking the aircraft carrier. By the time the anti-air missile even got close to its trajectory, it's amazing, scary. And why is it that the United States still doesn't have them? I guess we know because the entities these these entities that are destroying this country, which is biblical. Which is biblical. Very biblical. We praise you, Father God, for Revelation 18 and helping us to understand as the angels are flying overhead in the middle of Revelation, they're saying, Babylon the great has fallen, has fallen, that great or the... um, The woman that rides the beast. The beast. Trying to sort it all out, put it all together, but understanding that it actually happens during the day of the Lord. The sky rolls up like a scroll. How could the sky roll up like a scroll? Only one way the detonation of a large thermonuclear missile or bomb or whatever makes the sky roll up like a scroll. How much more so that is the case when it's happening all over the world. Father, we thank you for Michael Mullins joining us so many years ago, the author of the book, War of the Angels. And how you had blessed him and us through his testimony. To even be aware that a large percentage of Russia was also destroyed. Not that that matters. As we just, Father, we are citizens of heaven. And we thank you for that. We thank you for helping anchor our hearts within the scripture. To help us to understand that, yes, while we are commanded to watch. While well, we, are, we are indeed commanded to watch, and we are also commanded to be wise as serpents, be wise as serpents and gentle as doves. And to understand that you can't be wise as a serpent if you don't follow what the serpents are up to and understand what the serpents are up to. You cannot be as wise as those serpents are you don't know about the FEMA camps if you don't know about their intentions to behead us, if you don't know about the Noahide laws, if you don't know about uh, the Jews that are not Jews, the Khazars. And then, Father, we pray that you will give us the discernment, please, through the Holy Spirit and through an anointing of our hearts to not try to separate and and pretend like that we can somehow read the DNA of people that are living over in Israel right now and to understand that the... humongous number of prophecies in the Old Testament about Israel being reestablished and uh, ultimately never being destroyed, completely removed from the earth. It seems almost as if the scripture is contradictory in that regard. But again, uh, you know, we don't know. Like even if we're reading Luke 21, 20 correctly, and it surely seems like when we read it, when I read it, and I'll read it now. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, because it just merits it. Here, let me zoom in. Praise you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Luke twenty-one twenty. I like I like Luke the Luke Luke's rendition because it uh, it's. Uh, it's in imbi- oh, what? 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 How do you say it? What is the right word? I like Luke's because it's in the midst. It's smuggled. It's uh, nestled. That's the word I was looking for. It's nestled in the midst of the parable of the fig tree. It's nestled amidst it. Um, Luke twenty one twenty. Praise Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. Praise you for this, Father. We thank you for this. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Oh, wow. The parable of the persistent widow is right here. Just before it in Luke 21... I'm sorry, Luke 17:31. In that day, he who is on the housetop and his goods are in the house. We praise you, Father. Let him not come down to take him away. Likewise, the one who is in the field, let him not turn back. Remember Lot's wife. Because on the days will come when you will desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man and you will not see it. They will say to you, look here, look there, do not go after or follow them. Whereas the lightning flashes out of the one part under heaven, shines to the other part under heaven, so also the Son of Man will be in his day. But first he must suffer many things and be rejected by his generation. So he talks about himself and his crucifixion. Seventeen twenty six says, and, and as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the days of the Son of Man. They ate, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, as it was also in the days of Lot, they ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from the heavens and destroyed them all. Even so will it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. In that day he who is on the housetop, and his goods are in the house, let him not come down to take any of them. Likewise the one that's in the field, let him not turn back, remember Lot's wife. Whoever seeks to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life will preserve it. I tell you, in that night, there will be two men in one bed, and one will be taken the other left. Two women will be grinding together. One will be taken the other left. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. And they answered and said to him, Where, Lord? So he said to them, wherever the body is, there the eagles will be gathered together. Hmm. That was always a mystery. Then you have the parable of the persistent widow where Jesus tells us to constantly pray. Constantly pray. Then he spoke a parable to them that men ought always pray and not to lose heart. So there's your command. There's your command. I want to quit smoking. Are you on your knees every day, every night, begging God to help you in tears? Are you waking up in the morning when your feet hit the ground, praising God for the answer to that prayer? I got things I gotta fix I'm, you know I definitely got some things I gotta fix. I'm planning on shifting some gears and putting it in overdrive on a couple of issues that when you know anyway, without getting into details, yeah, so it's just it's um. It's absolutely astonishing. You've got the parable of the tax collector. Two men went up to the temple to pray, the Pharisee and, and the tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed and thus with himself. God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust adulterers, even as this tax collector over here. And he kind of like looks over at him. I'm sure he had a very snooty look on his face, turning his nose up. I fast twice a week, the Pharisee says. I give tithes of all that I possess. Verse 13, and the tax collector, standing afar off, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven. He beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. That's what Jesus said about the tax collector. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. We all need to be the tax collector. We've got the rich young ruler. Jesus blessed the little children. With God all things are possible. Jesus predicts his... Resurrection and death, it just goes on and on. It's absolutely fantastic. Some of the best parts of the Bible ever. The parable of the wicked vine dressers. It's just awesome. This is all these words are just so beautiful, Father. They really, really help us. Jesus predicting the destruction of the temple, which happened um, by the Romans later. And then the signs of the time and the end of the age. So they asked him, saying, Teacher, now, I find this interesting because I wonder who, all of the, who was all there. Now, of course, we know that, you know, it's the Olivet Discourse, so we can kind of look it up. But anyway... Teacher, but when when will all these things be, and what sign will there be when these things are about to take place? And he said, Take heed that that you're not deceived, for many will come in my name, saying, I am he. The time has drawn near, therefore do not go after them. But when you hear of wars and commotions, do not be terrified, for these things must come to pass first. But the end will not come immediately. Now, what's fascinating here is I see the word "end," but I don't know what it means. Do you? What is the end? The end of the new millennium when Jesus comes, or is it back in Revelation 19 when, which is an echo of Jude, where Enoch, the second from Enoch, um, you know, where it says that you know the Lord will come with ten thousands of His saints. On the white horse. In Revelation 19. Jesus goes on to say. Nation will rise against nation. And kingdom against kingdom. And there will be great earthquakes in various places. I ask you this. I wonder these things. But it seems to me. As best as I can tell. and I'm, I'm certainly not. I don't know. I'm just reading the words. I'm not stating any facts, because how, how would I? How could I dare to? I'm no different than anybody else when it comes to, I just read it and I wonder. I start to ask myself the hard questions. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. See, and then it goes, there'll be great earthquakes in various places. Well, I think wasn't that kind of kicked off with the 8.1 earthquake off the, off the coast of uh, Ecuador, Chile? Which tilted the earth a couple of degrees, so much so that many of the airports had to recalibrate their radar systems? That's pretty amazing. There will be great earthquakes in various places, famines, pestilence. There will be fearful sights and great signs from the heaven. Boy, folks, if you saw the stuff people send me, You'd be like, no way. But before all these things, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you to the synagogues and prisons. It will be brought before kings and rulers in my, for, um, for my namesake. I don't think that's happened yet but it will turn out for you as an occasion for testimony. Therefore, settle in your hearts not to meditate beforehand of what you will say, for I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all your adversaries will not be able to contradict or resist. You will be betrayed, even by parents, brothers, relatives, friends, and they will put some of you to death. And you will be hated by all men, by, you will be hated by all for my name's sake but not a hair on your head shall be lost. This is a fascinating paradox because you just on two two sentences two sentences earlier it said they're going to kill some of us. It's right there. It says right here in verse 16 you will be betrayed even by parents, brothers, relatives and friends and they will put some of you to death. But then one verse later it says but not a hair on your head shall be lost by your patience possess your souls by your patience possess your souls huh so verse 16 Luke 21 verse 16 says some of us are going to be killed will be betrayed, turned in by parents and brothers, relatives, friends, and some of us will be killed. And then verse 18 says, but not a hair on your head will be lost. For me, that, that leaves me, well, if one hair is taken, I think I'll still have two. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I have a few more than that, but not a lot more. Then it goes into the destruction of J- Jerusalem. Pestilence, famines, earthquakes, betrayal, family, friends, death, not a hair on our head will be lost. That's very interesting. If not a hair on our head shall be lost, the only way that that could not be a direct contradiction would be that we would. it's speaking in terms of eternity. Because if we're killed and not a hair is lost, then we're in heaven. Probably the a bullhead hair. Although I wonder. I wonder if um, Elijah got his hair back. <clears throat> I don't know. These are the kind of things I think about. But when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, you'll know that desolation is near. Well, what is the Antichrist called? Matthew 24 You know when you see the desolation or when you see the abomination of desolation, and then you see it, same word being used right here. You know that desolation is near, but let them who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let those who are in the midst of her depart, so in midst of what Jerusalem it's talking about the destruction of Jerusalem. When you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that desolation is near. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let those who are in the midst of her depart. Let those who are in the country, this I don't understand. Let Oh, I'm sorry. Let and let not those who are in the country enter her. That has to be a, a screw up on the translator's part. It must mean let those who are not in the country enter her. So that's a goof up. For these are the days of vengeance, that all things that are written may be fulfilled. But woe to those that are pregnant and nursing with babies in those days, exclamation point. For there will be great distress in the land and wrath upon this people. What people? The people in Lebanon, the people in Iran, the people in Yemen, the people in Oman, the people in Qatar, the people in what? Where? Well, it's talking about Israel. So it says right here, distress in the land and wrath upon this people, and they will fall by the edge of the sword and be led away captive into all nations, and Jerusalem will be trampled by Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. When is that? Is that today? Today? And it, it, the times of the Gentiles are not fulfilled. Not yet. Some believe that the times of the Gentiles being fulfilled is the point, arguably, of the rapture. But even that doesn't work. But when the Bible says the end, when is the end? Because what we know, praise you Jesus, is that the... Um, so we have the barley harvest, we have the wheat harvest, which is associated with the final harvest in the midst of the day of the Lord, after the three days of darkness, for 40 days. We have, and then we have the grape harvest, which happens in the middle of the tribulation. Those would be the tribulation saints. And I know there's a lot of people out there that are saying the 144,000 are the people that are being, that are going to be raptured as part of the bride, but that is not correct. I'm... I'm positive that it's not correct. It's not a metaphor. It's literal. Now, how exactly that works, I don't know. And you know what? I don't worry about it because we already know that, look, we already know that the locusts come out of the sky. They're coming from outer space. They're not coming from the pit. If you read Revelation 9, you'll see that the pit is open. The smoke rises out of the pit. The smoke rises up. It covers the sun. The smoke covers the sun. And then out of the smoke come the locusts. Well, where's the smoke? It's over the sun. It's over the sun. It's way up high in the sky. And so when the locusts are coming through the smoke, at that point, they are coming from outer space. And it's been shown to me and others that they are going to look exactly like the aliens in the Sigourney Weaver Alien series in the 80s. (sighs) Then you have the parable of the fig tree. Oh, and I'm sorry, I skipped over this. My bad. Coming of the Son of Man, Luke 21. Twenty-five, and there will be signs in the sun, and the moon, and the stars, and on the earth distress of nations with perplexity, and seas and waves roaring, and men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of the heaven shall be shaken, and when they see the son of the man coming on the cloud with with great power and you know with 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 power and great glory. Uh, I'm sorry, then they will see the Son of Man coming on on, in a cloud with uh, power and great glory. Now when these things begin to happen, look up, lift your heads up. Okay, lift up your heads because your redemption draws nigh. But see, herein lies another mystery. What we know is you got the barley harvest. What we know from prophecies, dreams, and visions over 12 years of time is that only the people that are going to be taken are going to hear the trumpet. The people that are left behind will not hear the sound of the trumpet. And we also know that many of our brothers and sisters and many pastors and teachers out there make the make the mistake, it's a mistake. And they try to point to one of the trumpets in the actual book of Revelations, and they say that, oh, that's the last trumpet, so it's going to be right there. That's when the rapture is going to occur. They actually believe that it has to be written in the Bible. But that's not correct. If you don't deduce the barley harvest, wheat harvest, grape harvest, first watch, second watch, third watch from Luke 12:35, 36, and 37, then you're not going to be able to even deduce that there are three individual rescue missions and that they align with the various harvests of Israel. Okay, when, when exactly they occur, I believe the Bible tells the truth. I didn't used to. I used to listen. I could name names, but I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. But I used to listen to certain teachers that strongly believe that they figured out the formula for Coca-Cola. And they know that they believe with all of their heart that they can predict exactly when the rapture is going to occur. But I, the word, the Bible is very clear. that we can't. The problem, There are so many challenges associated with trying to decipher this text. What does it mean when it says the word end? Can you define the word end? What are those things that people's hearts are failing them for? The expectation of those things which are coming upon the earth, for the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. What are those things? See, it, it kind of almost seems to me like maybe they're, they are the fallen angels that are being cast down to the earth with the dragon, which you can extrapolate from Luke 12. And then it says, you know, when you start to see these things happen, look up because, and lift your heads because your redemption draws nigh. So a whole bunch of stuff will be heading toward the earth, that's for sure. It's not clear. It uses the word things. Powers of the heaven will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. But is it possible that only those who are going to be taken, rescued at that moment hear the trumpet and see Jesus? Because that certainly aligns to what those who were taken to heaven and talked to Jesus about the rapture saw or what Jesus told them explicitly. And then then it's followed up by the parable of the fig tree. Look at the fig tree and all the leaves. When they are already budding, you see and know for yourself that summer is now near. Okay, so you're looking at the fig tree. You're like, wow, you know, the, the, it, it's budding. And you say, wow, well, you know what? Summer's really close. Now, we don't have springs and we don't have falls anymore. They're gone. It's because of the elliptical orbit of the Earth around the sun. Because of the planet X, the sign of the sun of man. Planet X, it's the solar system. The brown dwarf in the middle. And it is very heavily magnetic. That's why when you type two suns, two suns, I don't care if you use Firefox, I don't care if you use um, you know, the Microsoft browser. It doesn't it doesn't matter what you use. You know, um Chrome. It it doesn't matter which browser you use. What you discover very quickly, wow, this is a kind of a hassle. I'm not gonna bother with that. But anyway, I, I just wanted to share that with you because it's really hard to nail all this down. You come over to the destruction of Jerusalem part, and you double click on that. It takes you over to Matthew twenty-four, fifteen, and it jumps right over, and it says, "Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, whoever reads this, let him understand. You know, let the reader beware. Let them let then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains." Let him who is on the housetop not go down to take anything out of the house. And let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant and nursing, et cetera, in those days. And pray that your flight may not be in the winter or on the Sabbath. Um, for then there will be great tribulation. So this is, so it goes, for then there will be great tribulation, such as never been seen since the beginning of the world until this time or never shall be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days would be shortened. Now, what is this talking about? Do you know that there's only four places in the entire Holy Bible of all 31,102 verses of the Texas Receptus versions? There are only four places in the entire Bible where the word great precedes the word tribulation. The word tribulation is used a lot. It just means time of trouble. We will not enter heaven without going through tribulation. A lot of trouble. But there's only four places in the Bible that the word great shows up before the word tribulation. The great tribulation. So when you see here in Matthew twenty four twenty one, where it says, For then there will be great tribulation, such as not been seen since the beginning of the world until this time, nor ever shall be. And then verse 22, Unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elects sake, those days will be shortened. Now then, what gets a little bit challenging here is understanding, is verse 21 happening before? or after the latter. Okay, so the days the way I read this simply because I I have a pretty good understanding of the order of the events is that when it says in verse 21 for then there are will be great tribulation such as such as has not been since the beginning of the world until this time nor ever shall be And then in verse 22, and it says, unless those days were shortened, no flesh would have been saved. You've got to flip those verses around to get them in the right order. Because the days that have to be shortened, the great tribulation starts at Revelation chapter 6, verse 17. It says, and the day of his wrath has come, and who is able to stand? And that correlates, that's a brother and sister verse with 1 Thessalonians 5, 9, where we are told that we are of the light and that we are not appointed to wrath. Well, when is wrath? The day of his wrath has come, and who is able to stand? Revelation 6, 17. That is the last verse of the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord leads into what the great tribulation, which is made up of the trumpet judgments. It's made up of the Revelation thirteen beast government, and it's made up of the bowl judgments. And if I've I've watched pastors, God bless their sweetheart, make make in my strong strong opinion mistakes, and they would say that. The trumpet judgments align with the bowl judgments. They do not. They do not. They absolutely, definitely, definitely, definitely do not. They don't. What's interesting is, so you have in Matthew, it goes on to expand a little bit more, which I love this, by the way. I really, I just love this. I just love it. So it goes on and it does the whole little deal, it says. And if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, do not believe it. For false Christ and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to, do, to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you beforehand. So Jesus expands on that there, which is great. But he also mentioned it over in Luke 21. So the whole thing about Jerusalem being surrounded by armies is repeated in Mark, I'm sorry, Matthew 24, verse 15, with a little bit extra detail. And he goes on even to say, and, and, you know, therefore I say to you, look, he is in the desert. Do not go out. Look, he is in the inner rooms. Do not believe it. For as lightning comes from the east and the west flashes, so will the coming of the Son of Man, be, and and for wherever the carcass is, the eagle. So you got that same metaphor. But then it goes into the coming of the Son of Man, immediately after the tribulation of those days. Now please take note that here you do not see the word great in front of the word tribulation. This is very important to take note of. So what it's saying is, immediately after the exceedingly difficult times that are going to be occurring during those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. That is the three days of darkness. The sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light. Three days of darkness. That happens during the day of the Lord. The stars will fall from heaven. That aligns to Revelation 6, 12, and 13 where it says, And the stars will fall from the sky like a fig tree shaken by a mighty wind. It's the same thing. Except the word star is a metaphor for a fallen angel in this case. And then it goes on and says, The powers of the heaven will be shaken. Well, what do we see in Second Thessalonians 2 when Paul's admonishing the people of the church of Thessalonica? He's saying the day of Christ is not going to come unless you see all these things happen first. Power, signs, lying, wonders, revealing of the, you know, all that stuff. Well, it's right here. See? Powers of the heaven will be shaken. Then you'll see the sign of the Son of Man appear in the heaven, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn. Oh, no, look, it's planet X. And then it goes on to say, and they will see the sign, they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven in great power and great glory. And he will say, send his angels with the sound of a great trumpet, and they, and, you know, with a trumpet. And they will gather together his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the heaven to the, the, one end of the heaven to the other. Now then, this sounds like a singular event, but we know under further analysis that it's the first watch, second watch, and third watch, barley harvest, wheat harvest, and grape harvest, that because it's in it's covered very in 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 fantastic detail in luke twelve thirty five thirty six and thirty seven so anyway i just wanted to to share that with you also it goes on to explain the the parable of the fig tree isn't it interesting that the parable of the fig tree um is in matthew twenty four it goes on to explain in matthew twenty four Verse thirty six that no one knows the day of the hour not you know only my father in heaven nobody knows. It goes on to do that whole thing you know folks will be eating and drinking and giving and marriage and all that kind of stuff before they enter the ark all that's right there grind one will be grinding in the mill another one will be taken another will be left all that stuff is repeated. Praise God amazing i mean i could go and i could look at mark 13 as well but in those days after that tribulation that you know the dark the the period that we're in right now it says in mark 13 verse 24 it says but in those days after that very difficult and trial very difficult and turbulent time that you're going through which is right now the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light. The stars in the heaven will fall, and the powers of heaven will be shaken. And, and th- then they will see the Son of Man coming in on the clouds with great power and glory, and he will send his angels and gather together his elect from the four winds and from the far- farthest part of the earth to the farthest part of the heaven. His elect gather together his elect from the four winds the farthest part of the earth to the farthest part of the heaven. Hmm. One says from the end of the heaven to the other. The other one says from the earth to the farthest part of heaven. Where are all these elect at? I almost get the impression reading this that they're not all on earth, I wonder. And we do know that the dead in Christ rise first. And that's fascinating too because people think that they're going to be rising out of their graves and going up to the rapture. They're going to be raptured out of their graves. But they're already in heaven. We know from testimonies and visions that they will come back down from heaven and they will help Jesus and some of us. I don't know which ones of us. uh, We will work with Jesus to go into the FEMA camps. We'll be untouchable. The guards will shoot at us. They will try to grab us. And they can't. They can't touch us. Because we'll be already transformed, not fully transformed. You've got Isaiah. uh, I'm sorry. So remember that you have the scripture that I was just reading. For these are the days of vengeance that all things are written may may be fulfilled. Now let's take a peek. Praise God. So we take a peek and we go over to Isaiah 61.1. Jesus is standing in the temple. He pulls out the Isaiah scroll, and he says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to proclaim liberty to the captives and to open uh, the opening of prisons to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And then he mysteriously sat down. What's fascinating is when you read Isaiah 60 verses 1, 2, 3, sorry, I got the hiccups. Thank you, Jesus. When you read Isaiah 61, 1, 2, 3, etc., mainly, primarily 61, 1 and 61, 2, but also 3, it goes on. But the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to proclaim liberty to the captives and to open the prisons to those who are bound. Then he sits down. He doesn't say, verse 2, to proclaim. Oh, I'm sorry, he does. He begins verse 2, but he stops in the middle. He says, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And then he stops. What's fascinating is he stops in mid-sentence. Because verse 2 says, capital T, T T-O, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, comma, And the day of vengeance of our God. Hmm. And then I go back over to Matthew 24. About the destruction of Jerusalem, it says, But when you see Jerusalem surrounded by the armies, know that desolation is near. Abomination of desolation, abomination of desolation. Because that maps directly over to where? Maps right over to Matthew 24. When you see the abomination of desolation spoken by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, the temple body, 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 body, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains, let those who are on the housetops not go down and take anything out, etc., 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 and that your flight should not be in the winter. For then there will be great tribulation, uh, such as never been seen. And then it goes on to say, unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. What days? The days we're in now they're trying to kill us they're trying to murder us they got graphene oxide they're going to launch more pandemics against us they're going to starve us to death they're putting bugs inside the food at tyson uh food food factories now they've burnt down more than 100 food facilities, we'll say. Um, We've got Gates buying up farmland like a crazy person. They're shutting down the farmers in the Netherlands, which is the breadbasket of all of Europe, with the exception of the Ukraine, which is no longer, it's completely defunct. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. We are literally heading hundreds of miles an hour into famine, into real famine. And like I said, I was speaking to somebody before the program started who said um, that she was running across people on TikTok that are literally saying, we don't have any food. Can you help us? How many more? Are there millions like that out there? Are they living in the United States of Babylon now? What about the car lots that they've built so people can sleep in their cars? Why? And if they built them, how long did it take them to build them? How much funding did they need? How long did was it... it I mean, did it take a year for them to get appropriations to put a, to buy all that concrete and build those parking lots? I don't understand. I mean, it's like, is this stuff happening before our eyes and we're missing it because we're so blessed? I just don't know the answer to these questions, which of course drives me nuts. But in those days, and Margaret says, but in those days, after the really difficult period that you're going to go through, which is now, the sun will be darkened. The moon will not give its light. There's your three days of darkness. The stars will fall from the sky. The powers of the heavens will be shaken. And then they will see, you know, the Son of Man coming into the grounds with great glory. But who are they? Pronouns are like the word soon and imminent to me. They drive me nuts. Then they will see the see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of the great glory who who's they? Well again, you deduce, praise you Jesus, thank you, Father, we deduce, thank you Jesus, thank you Father, we deduce from the prophecies, dreams, and visions the gazillions of them un, un, I mean my goodness, we cannot possibly count nor catalog all of the ones that we have listened to and the guests. That we brought onto the brought onto the show with over seven thousand shows since July and August of twenty eleven. I mean, that's a lot. And they all are. They were all saying the same thing. And it wasn't really until the last couple of years that people started coming out with the books about there being three raptures. We had one guest on, talked about his book about that. There's others that are now, they know about it. I wrote the book, I'm sorry, I wrote the article in, I think it was 2011, called Multi-Phased Rescue Mission about Luke 12, 35, 36, and 37, and the first watch, second watch, and third watch. And then the testimony that the Lord gave me. I have a first watch key on my keychain. I think I'm going to give that testimony, and then I believe we're going to go deeper into the prayer vigil. I just wanted to share these things with you because they're exciting to me. And I also want to share this with you, too, because these are scary things. I mean, they're kind of scary to the people that are in the flesh. And I hear people say that all the time. They're like, wow, that's some scary stuff, you know? And it is kind of, really. I mean, who wants to be here for any of that? And we already know that the CBDCs are coming. We already know about 2030. We know what their target dates are. Is God going to allow that? It's up to our Heavenly Father. But so far, you know what? He hasn't stopped a thing. I mean, really, I guess that's probably not necessarily 100% accurate, I believe that he that restrains until he that restrains is taken out of the way includes heaven's angels, heaven's power, you know, the prayers of the saints, the Holy. It's not just the Holy Spirit. Definitely not. So you you know that there's restraining taking place because if there wasn't restraining taking place, we'd all be dead. Remember that Jesus even said, um, you know. It's right here, it's staring me in the face. Unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. So that would be us. And I guess the elect are broken up into two groups, the barley harvest and the wheat harvest. And I'm not really sure how it works with the grape, the grape harvest. Oh, yes, I am. The tribulation saints, because they're willing to get themselves beheaded, become martyrs. I'm sorry, priests in the throne room of God. Yeah, I remember now. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, that's got to be the coolest job ever. But anyway, getting your arms around this is it's kind of when, when you think of it from a fleshy standpoint, it is kind of a little troubling and it's hard not to slip into the flesh a little bit when you look at it it really is and it's trickier you know if you don't know all the pieces of you know who are all the players who are the foolish virgins what where did they come from what makes them foolish why is it that that the that the wise virgins can't give them some of their oil even though they have so much oil it's overflowing into their vessels Well, this is what I feel in my heart. This is what's been impressed upon my heart. And it goes hand in hand, by the way, with Luke 16, verse 2, where Jesus says, they will kick you out of the synagogues, which today prophetically translates into a church. They will kick you out of the church buildings. Yes, there will come a time when they even kill you, but they believe that they are doing God a service But they do this because they have not known the Father nor me. Iniquity is thinking it's okay to use a gun just because you're from, you live in America and you have a constitutional right. You also have a constitutional right to be sodomized, but I don't see a lot of people standing in line for that. But um, when I look the Americans, they're, it's all about guns, 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 guns. I pray fervently, fervently for those guns to be turned red hot by her father and to burn the hands horribly. I want their hands burned horribly so the guns turn bright hot and they drop them on the ground. And they know that it was God. They know that it was God because it's iniquity to believe that you can shoot, shoot your way in heaven but it's a sin to pull the trigger. You know, why is it that Christians, by and large, will say things like, well, you know, you're going to go to hell if you kill yourself. Because, you know, the Ten Commandments say, thou shalt not commit murder. And I'm like, okay, well, if you want to say that, uh, if that's what you want to use as your verse to prove that you can't kill yourself because we're not supposed to commit murder, then how come it's okay with you to buy multiple, you know, AR-15s, 30, 40, 50, 60, 100, 200, 300 boxes, you know, crates of ammunition? And you, that it's okay to, to, to use those weapons and kill people oh and by the way did you ever think about this Because of the fact that you're pulling that trigger and committing sin after sin after sin after sin sin and killing and killing and killing and killing instead of using the power in the name of Jesus, which you are given, told by the Scripture explicitly that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds and casting down arguments of every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, holding every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So you have an explicit Scripture that tells you that our warfare as... Kings and priests, uh, as a royal priesthood of our Heavenly Father, where our citizenship is in heaven, does not include using earthly weapons at all. But yet you have all these people in the United States that feel like they have some sort of right. So so they'll quote the scripture and say, thou shalt not kill, proves that you're not allowed to kill yourself, or you're going to go to hell. But they're sitting there with an armory in their house thinking that it's okay to shoot your way into heaven. Did you ever think that if you're sitting there pulling a trigger of a gun that you're going to get hit with a bullet? You think Jesus is going to be like, welcome, good and faithful servant, with like eight holes in your body, the temple body that I told you to protect? The verse that should be used, not not that verse. This is the verse. First Corinthians. Sorry, didn't type it right. First Corinthians. Thank you, Jesus. Three seventeen. So Paul says in the uh, first letter to the church of Corinth. Now you have to understand; he's really laying it on thick. He's whooping some hiney cheek, and he, um, you know, and. You know, I'm not going to get into all the dynamics. But anyway, he says, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? It's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. Spirit of God. John 10:30. I and the Father are one. So if the Spirit of Christ dwells in you, it's also the Spirit of who? Our Heavenly Father. What about if you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Don't you have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you all the time? Hmm? What if you have the evidence of speaking in tongues? Do you know why it's so important? You ought to. Your prayers get stopped by the demons. Yeah, they do. Can you imagine how many people are out there right now on YouTube and TikTok speaking on behalf of God Hundreds of YouTube channels telling everybody what a sin is and how they should behave and everything, but they don't even understand how they're supposed to be praying. They have no idea how many, how much of their prayers are being stopped, hindered. How many of the answered prayers had the answer stolen from their angel and used against them? The only thing that gets past that is speaking in tongues. Man, when the Lord showed me that, I flipped out. I flipped out. Speaking in tongues goes right past that. They can't see the prayers. They don't see incense turning into a swirly fire, okay, and then they all run away because it turns into fire of God, okay, which is why the two witnesses are shooting fire out of their mouths for three and a half years during the Great Tribulation because, It's a weapon. It's the greatest weapon we can use in our armory of spiritual warfare. It is the bar none, the most powerful weapon in all of spiritual warfare. The fire of God. But it says right here, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you? So temple body, temple body, temple body. And if anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Uh, Which you are. You know, which you are. It injects the word temple, so it has it uh, italicized. But if I look at the interlinear Greek, hold on a second, interlinear Bible. There it is. If any man, the te- it's a little choppy. If any man, the temple of God defiles, shall destroy, shall destroy. Okay, so the word defile, that's, um, let's take a look at it. It's the Greek, Strong's Greek NT 5351, fifth row, fifth row. F T H that's how you pronounce it. It's P T P H T H E I R O. But it's pronounced F T H I R O. Fifth uh, What is hard to say? Fifth row. And says probably strengthen from fitio to pine or waste properly or to shrivel or wither or spoil by any means to ruin. Figuratively or by moral influences, to deprave. Woo. You folks out there listening to porn. Mm-mm-mm-mm. To deprave. Well, you got to watch out for that one, huh? To deprave. To corrupt. To defile. To destroy. That's the King James. They pull the King James words out for you. Huh. that's um, to deprave or by moral influences so it can be figuratively or literally that's interesting I wonder praise God thank you Jesus I'm I'm so blessed with so many uh, computerized tools oh goodness gracious why did my phone have to get weird on me I'm just curious what the uh, what my Olive Tree for Android says. Because it usually, the Olive Tree Strong's Bible, Enhanced Strong's Bible Dictionary is second to none. Absolutely mind-blowing. So let's see what it says. Praise God. I love the Bible. I love the Bible. Cause it's like hanging out in the Bible like all the time. I love it. First 3. First Corinthians 3. And then we need 17. If anyone defiles, okay, so here we go. Greek Strongs NT 5351, probably strengthened from, um, mentions, it says to pine or waste, properly, to shrivel or wither, to spoil by any process, or generally to ruin, especially figuratively by moral influences or to deprave, to corrupt, to defile or destroy. Then it expands. This is, the, this is the part that I like about this little dealie. To corrupt, to corrupt oneself, to be corrupt, to defile or destroy. To corrupt, to destroy. It says, in the opinion of the Jews, the temple was corrupted or destroyed when anyone defiled or, in the slightest degree, damaged anything in it. Or, if its guardians neglected their duties, to lead away a Christian church from the state of knowledge of holiness. Ooh. Wow, that's a very, then it says view full definition. To be destroyed or to perish, in an ethical sense to corrupt or deprave. It doesn't go on any further than that. It says search for G5351. Okay, so anyway, it's coming to the end. Um, I could go further, but. Then you've got your lexicons, and then you've got your commentaries. Huh. But the lexicon is not coming up. So I'm going to let it go. Praise God. I'm going to let it go. But I did want to share with you, before we move on, um, a happy verse. Somebody wrote me and they said, you know, we're spending so much time in the Bible, and a lot of the stuff that we're reading in the Bible is very dark which it is. And we are commanded to watch for when the thief would come because if we knew that the thief was coming, we would want to protect the master's house. We would want to know, wouldn't we? And we are commanded to watch. We're also commanded to be wise as servants. We're supposed to be smart, as smart as our adversaries. We're supposed to know what CBDCs are. We're supposed to know that there's graphene oxide inside the uh, injections. We're supposed to know what 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 does that mean? do the people in the church that don't know any better that are taking multiple vaccines and booster shots they're destroying the temple but they don't even know it when satan incarnates into obama satan will have satan will have entered into and i i i really dislike what I'm about to say, and I'll tell you why. Because for me to suggest that Obama's body is technically the temple of God makes me want to expel body fluids out my mouth, okay? That makes me nauseous and sick. I don't even like to think about it, because i that's how much I dislike that particular entity, don't even get me going on the Michael thing. That is so incredibly disgusting, I just can't even, I don't even like to think about it. Now, all that being said, though, it all, it makes sense, because all the way through the the New Testament, all the way through it, it's talking about it's temple body, temple body, temple body. The only real reference that you see to the temple appear again in the New Testament is in Revelation 11, when it's talking about the two witnesses. And if I drop that down and go take a peek real quick, Rev 11. You see, then I was given a reed like a measuring rod, and the angel stood and said, Rise and measure the temple of God, the altar, and those who worship there. But leave out the court, which is outside of the temple. Don't measure that. For that has been given to the Gentiles. Hey, wow, that sounds an awful lot like Luke 21, Because 20. it's going to be trampled under the feet of the Gentiles, you know, until the fullness of the Gentiles is brought in. It's interesting. I wonder if it's correlating. I don't know. And it says, then they will tread the holy city underfoot for 42 months. Oh, my gosh. Look at that. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Then they will tread the holy city underfoot for 42 months. Look out, folks. This is getting good. Hallelujah. Stand by. Okay, so what we got to do now is we got to go back over here. Hold on just a second. Ah, Dag nabbit. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, now that's Revelation 11. Here's Luke 21.20. I got to get rid of this. Oh, rats. Okay, so right click, close tab. Hold on. Just give me a second. Right click, close tab, close tab. 2120. Right click, close tab. Okay. We've 2120. When you see, let, so let's look at this again. This is getting exciting. I love this. Praise Jesus. Okay, look at this. This is cool. This is exciting. I, I've I got like, I, I'm just like, the Holy Spirit has got me all my, all the, you know, just like uh, Sister Barbara says on God's Healer 7, look, the, the hair is standing up on my arms. It's actually standing up on my arms right now. I'm electrified. Thank you, Jesus. As the lightning shoots from the left to the right, Johnny is electrified. Hallelujah. Anyway, praise God. So anyway, it says 1 Corinthians 3 verse, oh, wait, 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 wait. Okay, back to, back to Luke 20, Luke 21 verse 20. But when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, know that desolation is near. The abomination of desolation, the abomination of desolation, the abomination of desolation. You see how it's lining up? And let those who are in Judea uh, flee to the mountains and let those who are in the midst of her get the heck out of die. That's what it's saying. And uh, you know, and then it says, For these are the days of vengeance. And by the way, what do we just see Jesus do with the with, with you, know, the, you know he reads all, all the way up the, the, you know, this you know, uh, in Isaiah sixty one, verses one and two, he reads all the way up to the point where it says, And the day of God's vengeance. Okay, it's right there. He sat down at that moment in time. Right before it, it's it's a singular sentence, folks. The only thing that separates where Jesus sat down and the word uh, uh, and uh, the day of God's vengeance is a comma. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So look at how these are all stitching together. Which is amazing. And they will be and they will fall by the edge of the sword and led away uh, into all nations in Jerusalem. Listen closely, and Jerusalem will be trampled by the Gentiles until the times that of the Gentiles is fulfilled. Stop. Revelation 11, 1. Then I was given a reed like a measuring rod, and an angel stood and said, Rise and measure the temple of God and the altar of those who worship there, but leave out the court which is outside of the temple, and do not measure it, for it has been given to the Gentiles. Hey. And it says that they will tread the holy city underfoot for 42 months. What in the world did we just read? <laughs> oh, No. Oh no! For forty-two months, is it possible that we're going to be here? Okay, let's think this through. No, because they have to. They would still have to build it. And I agree with Carl, Pastor Carl, who says that, there, that the third Solomon's Temple isn't going to be built until after the Great Tribulation. I agree with him on that. It's going to take a, It's going to take time, and they will tread the holy city underfoot for forty-two months, which is times times half a time, three point five years. Uh, uh, you know, and it says, and I will give power to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy for one thousand two hundred and sixty days, which is three point five years, times times half a time, or forty-two months, forty-two prophetic months. It's all there and I will give power to my two witnesses, and he will prophesy 1,260 days, clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands standing before God of the earth. And if anyone wants to harm them, fire proceeds out of their mouth and devours their enemies. And if anyone wants to harm them, he must be killed in this manner. So they use the fire of God to punish to Destroy. It's a weapon. They And it goes on. It says they have the power to shut the, shut the heaven and that no rain falls in the days of their prophecy. And they have power over the waters to turn them the blood and to strike the earth with plagues uh, as often as they desire. Huh. And when they finish their testimony, the beast... Uh, see, that's interesting, too. When they finish their testimony, the beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit will make war against them, overcome and kill them. The beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit. The beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit. Is that Apollyon? Apollyon rising. The beast. Bottomless pit to make war against the two witnesses yeah you know this is the great tri- i i is of my opinion I could be wrong that this is the great tribulation, and their dead bodies will lie in the streets of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt huh where also our Lord was crucified. Why is it spiritually called Sodom and Egypt? I'm interested in that. Where our Lord was crucified, which was on Golgotha, And then those from the peoples, the tribes, the tongues, the nations, will see their dead bodies for three and one-half days and not allow their dead bodies to be put into graves. They'll be left laying out and those who dwell on the earth will rejoice over them, make merry, and send gifts to one another. Some people even hypothesize that it's around Christmas time is why they're sending gifts. Because these two prophets tormented those who dwelled on the earth. And it says, after three and a half days, the breath of life from God entered them, and they stood on their feet. So they were laying their dead, and then they got up. And everybody who saw them got fearful. Then they heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Come up here! And they ascended to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies saw them. In the same hour, there was a great earthquake, and a tenth of the city fell. In the earthquake, 7,000 people were killed, and the rest were afraid and gave glory to God in, in heaven. The second woe is past. Behold, the third woe is coming quickly. Oh, it is in the Great Tribulation. You know how we know? Oh, yeah, we definitely know. Wait a minute. Yeah, hold on. Then the seventh angel sounded, and there was a loud voice in heaven saying, The kingdoms of the world have come in and... um The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And the 24 elders who sat before God on their thrones fell fell on their faces and worshiped God, saying, We give you thanks, O Lord. God Almighty, the one who is and was and who is to come, because you have taken your great power and reigned. The nations were angry, your wrath has come, and the time of the dead, that they should be judged, and that you should reward your servants, the prophets and the saints, and those who fear your name, small and great, and should destroy those who destroy the earth. And the temple of God was opened in heaven, and the ark of his covenant was uh, was seen in his temple. And there were lightnings, noises, thunders, earthquakes, and a great hail. An earthquake. It's a single earthquake. An earthquake. Hmm. This is interesting. Praise God. Wow. So, you know... This is in the midst of the Great Tribulation, for sure. And the reason is because it happens. Oh, wow. Seventh seal and an earthquake. And the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar... So you've got the seventh seal, and you have noises, thunderings, lightnings, and an earthquake. So the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. So the seventh seal, the trumpets are handed out to the angels. Praise God. So yes, this is actually all occurring in the great tribulation with the two witnesses and the two witnesses if you read on appear to be and I like I said I um I agree with uh pastor uh for some reason his name is slipping past me praise Jesus but anyway I just played it uh the other uh, couple of weeks ago on the radio as a best of show but um yeah it's like Hold on a second. And I heard from the heavenly voice. Sound of the harps. He sang. Living creatures and the elders. Yeah. Praise God. It says, these were redeemed from among men, being firstfruits to God and to the Lamb. And their mouths found... And in their mouths were found no deceit, for they are without fault before the throne of God. I don't know I you know I tend to to be a literalist, and I know a lot of people still think that um, this is referring the hundred and forty four thousand is a metaphor, but it says earlier it says the hundred and forty four thousand are from the various tribes of Israel very explicitly it says right here the sealed of Israel and these things I saw four angels standing in the four corners of the earth holding the four winds of the earth and the wind should not blow the earth and the sea or any tree and then I saw another angel ascending from the east having the seal of God I'm sorry the seal of the living God and he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was granted to harm the earth and the sea saying, Do not harm the earth, the sea, or the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. And I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000 and all uh, of all the tribes of the children of Israel were sealed. And then it says, Of oh, the tribe of Judah, 12,000. Pride of Re- Reuben, Gad, Asher, Naphtali, Manasseh, Simeon, Levi, Issachar, Zebulun, Joseph, and Benjamin. Dan is not there. It's um, it's really, really fascinating, but um. So it says that they're sealed here, and then it show, then they show up again at, in Revelation 14. But anyway, uh, you can get lost in some of this stuff, praise Jesus. But I did want to share that one really nice, I think this is a good verse, and I think it's wonderful, and I think we need encouragement, praise God. As the uh, So again, this is after, this is toward the end. Okay, you know. And Jesus said, as the Father loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. As the Father loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments, and I abide in His love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life For his friends, you are my friends, if you do whatever I command. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you. I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. And that whatever you do, whatever you ask, the Father in my name, he may give you these things I command you that you love one another John 15:9 that starts out at John 15:9 Praise God and that was before Jesus went to Gethsemane. Cuz John 18 is where his Jesus's betrayal and arrest in Gethsemane. That's awesome. Praise God. So powerful. Praise you Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. But that's those are some really really good encouraging words. Father, in the name of Jesus, and in accordance with your word and out of faith. Because faith comes from wisdom and wisdom from the word of God. I'm sorry, did I say that right? <laughs> Probably not. It's been a long day. Thank you, Jesus. Um Hold on a second. Faith comes from knowledge and knowledge from... Hold on. Ah, faith comes by hearing and hearing from the Word of God. I knew I dorked that up. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Father, we come before you and we just ask you, please, in the name of Jesus, please. Matthew eighteen nineteen says, Again I say to you, and he said this to us, Jesus, and we, we embrace our word because faith does come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the word of God gives us faith. And the word of God is you, Jesus, because you are the word. You are the word. So as it says in John 1, In the beginning was the Word. The Word was God. I'm sorry, the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He, Jesus, was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Jesus. And without Jesus, nothing was made that was made. In Jesus, and I'm injecting the name of Jesus in here on purpose. In the beginning was the Word. In the beginning was the Word, Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was Jesus. And the Word, Jesus, was with God. And the Word, His name is Jesus, was God. Jesus was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Jesus. And without Jesus, nothing was made that was made. In Jesus was life. And the life was the light of man. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Jesus was in the world And the world was made through Jesus. And the world did not know Jesus. He came to his own and his own did not receive him. But as many as received Jesus, to them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name, Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld Jesus' glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, Full of grace and truth. It's amazing. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing from the word which is Jesus. Lord Jesus, Joshua, Yeshua, Jesus. Hallelujah! We praise you, Matthew eighteen nineteen. You said to us, Lord. You said to us, Lord, we're, we're, we are imperfect. I am especially un, imperfect. I'll be fortunate if you even allow me to be the tax collector. I already know that. We pray to you, Lord Jesus. We ask you as our advocate before the Father, as the lawyer of the new covenant. You said to us, Lord, you said, if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. If two of us agree on earth Concerning anything. Anything that we ask. It will be done. For them. By my father. In heaven. Lord Jesus. We know that we're the. At the very best. We're. The worst of the tax collectors. We make so many mistakes. Most of which we probably don't even realize. And for those of us father. Father. Lord Jesus, I pray. Let us all pray together, please. Please. For two of you agree on earth. Are we not on earth? Are we not in agreement? Lord Jesus, Heavenly Father, please. For those who are trapped in the vicious, awful, horrible cycle of addiction, Smoking cigarettes. Drinking copious amounts of alcohol constantly while they're smoking cigarettes. Even so, either way. Addicted to porn. Father, we pray together, two or more on the earth, please, those of us those who are holding their heads low, those who are seeking you now in prayer with us at this time, recorded or live, please, Father, please place it upon their heart strongly, more strongly than anything ever before. Whatever it is that burdens them, if they have any form of unforgiveness in their heart, any form, from any event that has ever happened in their lives. Ever. No matter how horrible it was, wash them clean. And wash it so clean, Father, with your hyssop that it just melts away into a deep blue sea of your forgiveness and forgetfulness. But you say that you will not remember our sins in Isaiah 43.25. And we hold that in great hope the Word, Jesus. We also pray, Father, not only for all of those who are struggling with something in their lives, whatever that may be, boy, there's an awful, awful lot of it. I know what I struggle with. I do really, really good for a long time and then I hit I just did a low spot, and I just slip out. But you know what it is, Father. You know what? It's that Colossians 3, 3 thing. I get really frustrated and upset and choose my words poorly. I was doing so well. Then yesterday, I hit the fan. Father, I just pray in Jesus' name that you will wash that away from me. If there's anybody else out there that that occasionally loses it, instead of saying, I have an owie, I have an owie, they use stronger words. Father, we pray that you will wash those away from our mind with a deep blue, crystal clear, crystal water. Wash. But Lord Jesus, Father God, where two or more are gathered on this earth concerning anything that we ask will be given to us, it's a promise. There's no way for us to misinterpret what that says. Please, 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 We beseech you, please, count us worthy to escape all these things that are about to come upon the earth and stand before you at the wedding supper. Please do not let us miss. Please do not let us miss. Teach us, Father, we pray, more than anything, from the bottom of our heart, to push in, to push through, to pray through, to lean in our prayers and to pray more fervently than we have ever prayed before for the lost across the world, for the hurting, the downtrodden, the dejected, and the people that are going to suffer even in the days ahead, many of which may even be us. We do not know when we're going to leave. We do not know for sure. We know what we wish, but we do not know for sure. Please, Father, please, Lord Jesus, Please, count us worthy. To count us worthy. Count us worthy. Doesn't mean we're perfect. Obviously, we're not worthy if you have to count us worthy, are we? For he who practices righteousness is righteous just as he is righteous. First John, 1 John 1, 1.3 He who practices righteousness. And anything that's being practiced is not perfect. Practice theoretically makes perfect if it's done long enough, but it's never going to be the case because we're always going to be in a state of practice. Father, please, Lord Jesus, please, we ask you, in Jesus' name, please, to honor that beautiful word, that beautiful promise on behalf of all of us. Please count us worthy as we struggle with whatever it is that we know we have to fix in our lives. Whatever imperfection there may be, whatever it may be. Let us be counted worthy. Let us, oh please Lord, please, let us be counted worthy. Humble our hearts. Make us have a contrite spirit. Bring us to the realization of how utterly unworthy we are. But also place with us, place within our hearts a joy as it says in Psalm 51, verse 14. We would, we would adjust those scriptures to ask you, Father, to take away the remembrance. As opposed to David, instead of saying, the bones that you have broken may rejoice. We ask you, Father, that you would remove, release us through your grace of the guilt of our past sins, that we may sing praises to you. It is your grace that frees our hearts to praise you. It is your grace that frees us to adore you, to have hope unstoppable and peace and joy that we can show others that even in the days that we're in right now that are so scary and will scare people even worse, that we truly do have peace. We pray, Father, please, Lord Jesus, in accordance with Matthew eighteen 19, we're all on this earth. We're all agreeing in prayer. Therefore, we believe. We believe. We know that you're going to count us worthy. We know we're never going to be perfect. But it's always remember... Constantly examining our heart. Constantly examining our heart. Constantly and continuously examining our heart. And speaking forth with the power, the life and death and the power of the tongue, and speaking it forth in a confession in real time, in near real time, at the moment that we slip And we smash our finger with a hammer. And we say something that we should not. We drop an expletive. We get angry. We get upset over over a situation that's very, 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 very hard to deal with. But we don't have that grace in our delivery. We allow an outburst of anger to overcome us or overwhelm us, or we just can't get a grip on that, on controlling that series of emotions that lead to us slipping into that um, addiction or behavior. Help us, Lord. We pray. Help us, Lord. Let us let our feet hit the ground every morning, every morning, and raise our hands and praise you. Praise you, Father, and thank you for answering those prayers. Praise you, Father, and thank you for bringing me through the very, very difficult things that I have to deal with, that each of us have to deal with. Thank you, Father. We praise you. We are not seeing the revelation, the realization of these prayers. We are not seeing the realization yet, but we believe, we know that you are our Father. We know that you will not give a, a rock to somebody who, one of your children who's asking for a loaf of bread or a fish. We know you won't. We know that you won't. We know that you will answer our prayers, and we praise you for it in advance. We praise you for delivering the person who's addicted to tobacco. We praise you for delivering the person that, cannot help but be tempted by the easy access to abominable stuff. Father, we just pray in Jesus' name, deliver them. Deliver us all. And Father, count us all worthy, please, in the name of Jesus, to be counted worthy, to be counted worthy to escape all these things that are about to come upon the earth and stand before you at the wedding supper. We know that it's at the wedding supper because the only reason we would be leaving taken away from the presence of the serpent and fed at a place of safety for times, times, and half a time. We praise you, Lord. We thank you, Father. We thank you for honoring your word, for giving us that hope that we can stand on it. It's a promise. And let us never forget to pray this together for two or more on this earth are gathered together. You're going to do it, Father. You said you will. We believe it. We stand upon the word. The word is Jesus. We stand upon your promise. You have created all things. And through you, there is nothing that is that was not created by you. We praise you. We thank you. You are not a man that you would lie. You are our God. You are our Lord. You are our King. And we pray, please, that you are also our friend. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And thank you, Father. Tonight is November the 3rd of 2023 on the east coast of the United States of Babylon the Great. And together, We light the Sabbath candles. I like to light three. One for the Father, one for the Son, and one for the Holy Spirit. Praise God. And I should have changed out my candles. Should have changed them out before I started. Oh, Lord, it's not going to let me light those. Okay, praise you, Jesus. There's that one. I normally light three. One for the Father, one for the Son, and one for the Holy Spirit. And I'm only able to get two of them lit. Hold on just a second. I'm going to cheat. I'm going to go get me more candles Praise God Thank you Jesus I'm going to go get me more candles Hold on a second Eight-hour burn, uh, long burn uh, votive candles to probably keep the house lit up until the end of the new millennium. <laughs> praise Jesus! I just forgot to put them back into the candle holders this morning, or before the program. Thank you, Lord. It the days for me at work right now are running quite long. Thank you, Jesus, for my job. We just praise Your holy name. The Hebrew kadesh.
2: Baruch atah Adonai, Eloheinu melech ha'olam, borei pri ha'gafen. Baruch Adonai, Eloheinu melech ha'olam, asher kitshanu be'mitzvotav ve'ratzavanu, Vishabat kodshobaya v'uvratzon <speaking> in hilanu zikaron on Ki hu yom ta le mikra ekodes zai He vanu vacharta, veotanu kidashta, mi ko hamim, vishabhat kochecha, beavavavra tson,
1: Praise God. I had somebody tell me one time that they thought I was <clears throat> actually singing that. <clears throat> anyway, <clears throat> not even close. That guy has mine. <laughs> but anyway, praise God. Father, we just praise your name, and we thank you for the days that we are in right now. Our hearts are saddened to see the death and destruction. Father, we are living Psalm 91. We pray in Jesus' name, Lord, that you will help us. Help us to navigate the ambiguities. Help us to navigate the difficult tribulations. I don't even like that word. Help us to to navigate the very difficult days that we are in right now. Help us to dwell in the secret place of the Most High, our Father, and to have peace, peace that comes from grace that washes over us like a cool breeze on a hot summer day. Help us, Father, to feel that perfect peace that comes to only those whose minds are stayed upon you because we trust you. Help us to live, Father, we pray, one day at a time. Help us not to have any form of presumptuous sin. Help us to live a contrite, loving, kind, being to be attitudes, not just reading about them. Help us to know, Father, that we, in our hearts, through your anointing, are very blessed to have the understanding that we have, even though there's a margin of error, even though we might be here longer than we think, but we are excited. We have to be. The signs in the sun and the moon and the stars, the seas roaring, the things that are happening everywhere, being told to look up. And then when we look up, what do we see? that we see anomalies in the space. We see strange blue objects that have structure. There's so much unusual, so much strangeness. We see entities planning our demise. We see corporations falling apart and going out of business and then voluntarily putting insects in our food. Black chemtrails with graphene oxide. The threat of CBDCs, knowing that even Brazil has implemented CBDCs, digital IDs, forced forced inoculations, and all these things are happening. We see people in Walmart's wearing masks again. The whole cycle com- it just repeats itself, with the promise of only becoming worse. And we give you praise. We praise you, Father, because in our hearts, all we can feel is, I, all I feel is, is joy and peace. All I feel is knowing that, yeah, I have a, I have a tough week next week. I know I do. And it's probably going to get harder and harder. But I just praise you, Father, because it's one day. It's one day at a time. You brought us all. I think every one of us can testify. I Maybe not everyone, but I would guess probably just about everyone if not everyone can look back on their lives and know can testify of many kinds where you have either saved our lives or saved us from going to jail for the rest of our lives. So many things, so many times, so many miracles. Some big, lots of many miracles. We just praise you, Father, because we are so protected. We're so blessed. We know that it's not going to be an even even your scripture says it's not going to be an even playing field. I I don't like that metaphor but um, it's just not going to be even. Some will suffer more than others. Some will learn more quickly than others. Some will be foolish. Some will do things that they will eternally regret. Many preachers and pastors and teachers and particularly American churchianity, will be horrified to discover the impact of their choices. Horrified that they didn't hear the words, Good and Faithful Servant. Father, we pray, please, But you will bless us. Bless us because our heart desires to be in harmony with your will. Bless us because we really, 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 really want to be obedient and harmonious with that which you have designed for us, the walk which you have written in our books. Psalm 139.16 Before we were born. We pray that we will walk in those works. That we will fulfill those things written in our books. We pray that you will look upon our heart. Strengthen us. Lead us. Bring us to that place place of glory where we can be counted worthy where we shall be counted worthy and be in your presence we so deeply wish to be first fruits we so deeply wish to be on the first watch and we praise your name for that we praise your name for everything we thank you, Father, and we thank you, Jesus, so much. Thank you, Lord. I feel led, and then we'll close with uh, communion. But I feel led to share, and I want I want to share this with you to encourage you. And I, I, I beg you to please not take this wrong. Now, I know that there are believers out there that believe that God has given them special information and believe that God has not released them to share some of that information. I've heard it time and time again from, I don't know, untold numbers of believers. Well, God has not released me to share. I can share this, but I can't share that. I haven't been released. God has not released me. And I'm like... I'm sorry, I don't believe in that. I'll just be perfectly frank with you. I do not believe in that. Because that runs contrary to the Word of God. If there is neither man nor woman, Jew nor Gentile. Matter of fact, I'm not going to paraphrase this. I'm going to read it to you right out of the Bible. It's in Galatians. Either, there it is. Wow, popped right up and it is galatians 3 verse 28 galatians 3:28 there is neither jew nor greek there is neither slave nor free there is neither male nor female For you are all one in Christ. Hmm. Gee, I really struggle with this idea that some people think that they're being told something by God and they're not released to share it all Yet, the Bible clearly says that as part of the body of Christ, we are one. And if I am one with you, then I know what you know. And if you are one with me, then you know what I know. I just struggle with that concept. Maybe I'm wrong, but I struggle with it. Because freely you have been, you know, have received and freely you should give. We are one body. Matter of fact, if we use the NLT and we go to 1 Corinthians, definitely the NLT does the best, in my opinion, the best translational job. And 1 Corinthians chapter, let me think, 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 1 um, Corinthians, I think it's... Thirteen, but I'm going to try twelve first and work my way toward it. Yeah, here it is. One body with many, one body with many parts. This is the NLT. First Corinthians. Let me just double check my math. Yeah, twelve. It starts with twelve. Twelve. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up. One whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews. Some of us are Gentiles. Some of us are slaves. Some of us are free. You know, it's fascinating, but that's almost a direct repeat of Galatians 3.28, isn't it? Except it doesn't do the man and the woman. Some of us are Jews. Some of us are Gentiles. Some of us are slaves. And some of us are free. But, We have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? If your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts. And God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would it be if it had only one part? Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem the weakest and the least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care so we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require the special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts of the body with less dignity. This makes for harmony amongst the members, so that all the members care for one another. If one part suffers... All the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. That's awesome. Praise God. And then back to Galatians 3.28. Love it. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, slave or free, male or female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. That's amazing. I love that. Praise God. So real quick, I'm going to share with you a testimony. But the reason why I brought up the body part, all being part of the body, and Paul made it clear, and so the Scripture does in many places, that there is not that the Scripture is is for all of us. And each of our, as members of the body of Christ, each of our experiences and visions and dreams are for all of us. They're not just for you. Nobody is special. People like to believe they are. but Nobody is. People really, really like to believe they're special. I can't release this information because I haven't it hasn't been released yet. The Lord hasn't released me to give it to you yet. I'm like, hmm. My Bible doesn't say anything about that. It says we're all part of the body. We're all part of one spirit. We're all uni- united. There's not, you know, we're and so why do I say that? I say that because of this. <clears throat> I used to get jealous. I mean. I don't know if that's the right word, jealous. You could call it whatever you want to call it. But I used to think to myself, how come I never get to go to heaven? You know, how come, how come I don't, how, how come I didn't get to have that to happen to me? Now, I will say this. Pretty much everybody that I know that's definitely been to heaven has been to either some type of hell on earth or taken to hell as a condition of going to heaven. And the only ones that I can think of that have been taken to heaven multiple times or claim they have that haven't been taken to hell, I'm almost 100% sure they were never taken to heaven in the first place. They think they were. But I was told by the daughter of Odin Hedrick, who was taken to heaven 81 times, that Satan has made up a mock heaven and a lot of people who think they've been taken to heaven were not taken to heaven. They really believe they were there many times in some cases, but it was a mock-up. It was a fake. And the fake, when Satan fakes something, he does an incredibly good job. Satan's False light, Mm, man, the testimonies, is very, almost next to impossible to discern from the light of Jesus. You can read the book The Placebo by Howard Pittman. Ah, so much. There's so much. But anyway, so now that you know the, the baseline of or the foundation of what I'm trying to share, when a person's been taken to heaven, we tend to believe that that person is, has a special anointing upon them and that somehow they're guaranteed something, that we're not, that they somehow are special. Just because a Christian is given and that something has happened in their life doesn't mean they're guaranteed anything and they have a responsibility as part of the body to share it because we're part of the body keeping it to themselves is not allowed because we're part of the body and none of us are unique or special it is we are it is a requirement when a person comes back from heaven, they have to share what they've been what has happened to them. It's required. God wants them to. It will change their lives. I, I cannot I wish I could just sit here and rattle off an endless number of names for you. But as a general rule, probably I mean, I would just venture a guess that on this program, Wednesdays and Sunday shows we have had probably more than 30 people that have been taken to heaven. And every single one of them, when they were sent back to earth by Jesus, none of them wanted to come back, by the way. None of them did. And amongst protest, Jesus said, I need you to go back. I need you to go back and tell people And that's what they did. Their whole lives were changed when they returned. Sometimes they sold their, they retired from their church. They turned, you know, they took the senior pastorship. They they didn't want to be a pastor anymore. They were led to travel all over the world and to tell their testimony. Unlike Dimitri Dudeman, who was like totally confused and couldn't understand why he was being forced to travel around the United States and couldn't stay in Romania. But anyway, why do I share that? The reason why I share that with you is because just because this happened to me doesn't mean I'm going to make it. I'm not suggesting that I'm not going to make it. That's not what my intent is. What my intent is to is I'm sharing this with you because I want you to know that it's also for you. The testimony that I had in you know that I've given many I think a pretty large number of times I don't know how many exactly about the uh Shavah Ode wedding invitation that I had in my mailbox. That's for all of us. That wasn't for me. If I did not share that testimony with you to help you understand that that invitation to the Shavuot wedding was also for you too, shame on me. Shame on me. And I'm pretty sure that the Lord would have something to say about it if I make it. Because these events in our lives do not guarantee us anything. We would like to think they do, but they don't. Just because somebody was taken to heaven, even if they were taken five or six or seven or eight or nine or ten times, doesn't mean they're going to heaven. Look what happened to Solomon. I wrote an article 12 years ago called The Solomon Problem. Look how much of the text in the Holy Bible is about Solomon. It was written by Solomon. Hmm? Where's Solomon now? Case in point. I'm looking at the time and I don't know if I have enough time. Praise God. Because I want to do communion. I don't know if I have enough time. Let me think. I'll try. This is for all of us. It's not for me. I was transferring some files back and forth to, on a USB stick with my laptop and my USB stick was on my keychain. And my keychain was sitting on the desk and I was praying. I was really praying hard about something and I don't remember and I looked up from my prayer and my eyes locked on a particular key on my keychain. The key was tra- had a you know, the, the the back part of it was like triangular in shape. Strange shaped key. Didn't look like any of the other keys. And right on it was silver and right on it was written clear as Clear as bell. First watch. This is 10 years after, easily 10 years, maybe more, after I had written the article entitled Multi-Phased Rescue Mission about the barley, wheat, and grape harvest. Which by the time, when I wrote that, I had no idea about barley, wheat. I didn't know any of that stuff. I just wrote it because I said, there's the scriptures. It says what it says and then I wrote it. It was essentially a, a article written on a hypothesis. I was estimating what I thought it might mean. Anyway, I see this key. The key says, first watch. Now by this time I already had written, this is 10 years later, and I flip out. I'm looking right at a key that says first watch. And I started to cry. A lot. I mean, it was like a lot. And there were so many tears on my desk that there was a puddle literally on my desk, I estimate to be approximately three inches across. A puddle of tears. And then I realized that key goes to something. And I ran with that key in my hand I was alone in the house, and I ran around the house frantically. Father, where does this key go? Father, where does this key go? Lord, Father. And I had um, a a myriad of various lockboxes in different places, Uh, children raising and trying to keep kids out of your medications and, you know, stuff like that. And um, I tried the lockbox in my cabinet in the kitchen. No, nothing doing, wouldn't work, wouldn't fit. And I was running out of ideas, but I was, Lord, help me. I've got to find out where this key goes. And I I go running into the, the garage. And as soon as I get inside the door, my eyes lock onto this luggage carrier. Um, You know, you have like on the top of an SUV, you've got the things. I don't know what to call them. But they're like these bars that go across. Now, I had to buy the bars, by the way, and install them myself in order to be able to mount this luggage carrier. This, it, 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 what it is is it's a thing. It's aerodynamic, and it's black, and you mount it with braces to, your, to the racks, to the ski racks or whatever you want to call them, <clears throat> on the top of your SUV. Well, at the time that I bought it, it was during 2010, during the Deepwater Horizon event. And there were some Christians that are very well-known that were doing radio radio talks. And they were telling everybody that the Deepwater Horizon was going to explode and it was going to cause a tidal wave and it was going to wipe out all the Gulf states and everybody's going to die. And when people were trying to run for their lives up to Florida on I-95 and 75 – that they were going to with, uh, you know, there would be police stopping everybody and they would put a bracelet that you couldn't take off your hand and it would have like, you know, an ID in it, an ID chip, a microchip. They, these, I don't know where they got these notions, but they were telling everybody this and scaring the heck out of everybody, which I think right now, looking back in retrospect, was one of the most unchristian awful things that anybody could have ever done. And it almost made me lose my marriage, my house. I was, because I was living in sin, uh, not, well, sin, I was in sin. We're all in sin, but I, I was living in fear. So I went to Sears and I bought one of those toppers that you can put, that you can put on the top of an SUV. And when I did it, when I mounted it, I was uh, 100 pounds heavier than I am right now, and I put a dent in the roof of my SUV as I was leaning over it because I had to put my knee there. And um, so I didn't want to take it back off again. I mounted it, but after Deepwater Horizon was over, I just left it on there because my car fit perfectly under and it just drove right in. I can't believe we're down to 60 seconds. That means we have to stop. I'll have to share this testimony another time, praise God, because I want to take communion. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you. I wish I hadn't run out of time, but it's okay. I praise you, and I love this time with you, and I pray that everybody else does. Lord Jesus, on the day that you were betrayed, you took bread, and you broke it, and gave thanks, and said, Take, eat, eat, This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in that same manner, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do, as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. And the live stream just dropped. Whenever you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. Ani lododi vadodi li. I am my beloved and my beloved is mine. And I'm sorry I ran out of time, folks. I love the Scripture. when I get When I get buried in the Scripture, when I get buried in prayer, when I am... I can't help it. So I just... Sorry I ran over time. God bless you all. See you next Friday, Lord willing. And boy, next Friday is going to be a rough day for me. (laughs) So extra prayers, and I'll be praying for you too. God bless you all. See you next Friday, Lord willing.
3: Lord, we come to you. Repentant heart We seek you with all our might Sinners at the mercy of grace Redeemed we are by Your embrace Praise his holy name Praise the King of Kings When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? For you we will endure Until you come back for your bride to set her free Write our names in your book of life We are cleansed through your holy sacrifice As we lift your name on high Renew our mind, renew our soul Remove the scars from our past And deem us righteous We rebuke all deceptive lies When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then we will endure We are the branches on a living tree When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then we will endure Until you come back for your bride Set her free Watch us as we trim our wicks
1: Our lamps
3: are full Our hearts are right Like those five wise virgins we will be Your bride awaits sleep patiently blessed sound the dead will rise the churches gather we're praying that we're worthy Lord to join our family when will your coming be when will your trumpet sound for me we will endure and while we wait we will bring forth the fruit of the light of pride When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then we will endure Until you come back for your bride To set it free